Welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Asbury Park Vibes is dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area, as well as the bands who've traveled through. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon our podcast. Well, when I was talking to you for a while there, too, you probably saw my eyes go to the side. I'm reading my questions over here, so I probably look like demented going back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of nice, though. You can have, you know, certain things up in the screen in different places and not necessarily, you know, have to look down at your notes all the time. Exactly. Yeah, but still, like I said, I look demented going back and forth. <laughs> <my eyes. laughs> for tuning in to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast uh, and interview. Today we're featuring um, George Robeson and the Herd of Butterfly. Actually, George, did I say Robeson or is it Robson? It's Robson, but Robson is a long, we have a long history <laughs> of people pronouncing a Robson, so it's okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So we got that one out of the way, but um, welcome to you and your brother. Also, um, David is here with us today, and um, I thank you for joining our little podcast in our little corner of the airwaves. Um, you know, it's good to meet you both. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's been great. So, um, you know, our, les- our listeners will really want to get to know a little bit more about you. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about your um, music and how you would describe your sound? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so we, we actually just talked about this before yeah. starting the podcast that we, our, our go-to answer was always um, Ryan Adams meets Gin Blossoms. but. Mm-hmm. With recent legal proceedings, we kind of have to say Ryan Adams minus the, you know, the rest of the stuff. sexual and <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, you kind of that '90s feel, uh, it, like like punk meets folk in yeah. a really weird way. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how we've always kind of described our sound. Uh, I think I've described it as urban folk if yeah. we had to put a genre on it. I know it's um, hard to put one genre. Yeah. Yeah. Alternative, (laughs) (laughs) just easy, easy alternative. (laughs) The the envelope term. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we started. I mean, David and I thing together two years ago. Two years ago. About I think because we both made music separately our entire lives. Yeah. Um, and then it was around the time I was in college. I think we were probably just bored. Mm -hmm. That's one point in time we were like, hey, let's write a song together instead of separately, and Mm -hmm. it worked. Um, so that's where it started. Yeah, I think at the the there was a, a one period of time where I was I just um, worked at a startup that had uh, run out of money, and so I was unemployed. And David was a college uh, student board. College student board. <laughs> and we had we were always 
we had always gotten along as brothers, um, but there had been a, a period of time where we hadn't spent as much time together. And he suggested we actually start writing like comedy sketches together. And that's how we kind of really became best friends right. and like worked together a lot. And from that point on, we just started working a bunch of things. And so music fell into that as yeah, well. Yeah, it was just like a much later thing. Yeah. I, we had used up all of our comedy writing <laughs> skills. So we were just like, all right, we got to change it up. Do something else. And um, for those who aren't familiar with your band yet, how about the other band members? What are their names and what do they play? And also just for listeners, tell also what you do in the band, instruments and such. So yeah, so this is George speaking for those that are on audience. Um, <laughs> Kevin, our guitarist, our electric guitarist, I've been playing with him for over 10 years now. Uh, I remember we played, at one of his first gigs, I think, was at the Stone Pony with um, a previous band of mine. And I was 22, he was, I think he was like 15. Yeah. Uh, he wore his like school uniform from the, <laughs> the Catholic school that he was going to at the time. Uh, so we've been playing together for a long time. Um, and then Shauna uh, Grabowski, who uh, is our drummer, um, I think that's the person most people are probably familiar with on this podcast. She, she plays drums for Late Waves, and uh, she and I have been good friends. We both worked together at Bond Street Bar uh, for a long time, and so that's how we met. And um, she was always the dream scenario when David and I were talking about getting this band together. We were like, oh, you know, we really want someone like Shauna. Like, that would be perfect if we could get this drummer. And uh, then one day I was like, Shauna, like, we're looking for someone to play. Like, you know, do you have any suggestions? She was like, oh, we'll I'll play. And so <laughs> the, the dream scenario happened. So, yeah, so, and, and Kevin, you know, has been my favorite, literally my favorite guitarist to play with, um, you know, for the last 10 years. And so it just made sense to get all the people that we like spending time together uh, all in one place. So when did this most recent lineup meld? It was about a year ago. Yeah, we went through a couple of different variations. It started with just George and I doing like an acoustic guitar mm -hmm. cajon or like hand drum situation um, where I was just backing vocals. And then we added in a Kevin, mm -hmm. have a little more instrumentation. And then at one point we had a violinist with us. Yeah. And so it was like much more of a folk feeling. Yeah. Um, and then finally about, like you said, a year ago is when we got Shauna to sign on. I moved to bass yeah. uh, and then it kind of melded together as a four piece. Yeah. Now, as brothers, did uh, you was music a big part of growing up in your family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our father was. Uh, I've never called him my father before. Our our, our father. <laughs> um, our dad grew up playing music, and so we were surrounded by. He had a home studio that he was recording in, and so we grew up not just playing music, but also kind of recording music along with him. Um, yeah, and so it just it. We don't necessarily like play in the house. I think a lot of people envision yeah. like, oh, people are just playing music all the time at the house. It's not really as uh, all over the place as that. It's pretty focused in terms of like, okay, this is our music time. But uh, but it is something we grew up with. And, and I think it's also interesting how like, so dad would record his music mm -hmm. as we were growing up. And then you started recording music, like, mm -hmm. like separately, like you were in your right. bedroom recording while like our dad was like downstairs and then I started recording in my room. So like we were all split up. It's not like we're all in the same room being like family band, let's do this. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until recently that we were like, oh, we can actually play together and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you get to develop your own styles and techniques first right. on your own, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, since the group has come together, please explain to me this typical interview question, the herd of butterfly. Tell me 
where that came from because <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, that comes from Lisa Triolo, who um, is the uh, the owner and kind of head of Ohana Rising Yoga School. And I was doing a lot of yoga at the time and something she had a tendency of saying as we transitioned from warrior one to warrior two was like a herd of butterfly. And it was a phrase that stuck in my mind that I just loved the kind of duality of that, of graceful, but still powerful. Um, and especially with, you know, the way that we described our sound, like we said, urban folk, that was always kind of the tension of like, oh, we can be loud and we can be kind of punk and hard, but at the same time, there's a lot of acoustic instrumentation, there's some violin and stuff like that. And so finding that tension between the grace and the, the power uh, felt fitting for what we were trying to do. I think also naturally with the two of us, whenever we write anything or mm -hmm. involved in anything, um, we always talk about paradoxes. Like we yeah. love the idea of the heavy with the light or like, um, yeah. in all of our lyrics, there's something that's always like slightly wrong <laughs> because you, you're thinking it's going one way and then we're like, ah, but actually we're talking about something else. Yeah. That's, and that keeps it interesting for us as fans. You know, we right. never know where we're going to go with it. And, uh, you know, that's one thing that I know, uh, speaking from a personal perspective, that's what I love to listen about music. I, I like to be surprised with music. I like when you try different things. For example, the violinist that you said you used to have, is that something that as your music career continues to move on, might you add other instrumentation in at different times? Are you open to that? Absolutely, yeah, I, I grew up, um, violin was my first instrument actually. And so in my recordings, um, it, it kind of always is featured and, and kind of present in some way. And uh, that kind of led to us having Amelia was our violinist, uh, Amelia Lamas. And she and I were students together, actually. Her mom was our, our violin teacher. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I, I think that will always kind of be something yeah. that we're playing with in and out. And yeah. And uh, what is your creative process like when you are coming up with music? Do you two work together on that? Does one start? the song and the other one jumps in or how do you bring your band into the whole process yeah it's dependent on yeah. the song itself i think a, a lot of the bulk of our songs that we've played live so far have been from my past songwriting um so like the a, a lot of the tunes are stuff that i've brought uh and then the band has kind of made it their own um, but then David and I, like I said, it started writing, I think we now have about three or four songs yeah. that are part of our set list that we wrote together. And that process is very different. So the songs that are mine, um, the way that I tend to write is through recording, um, that I'll, I'll start with some chords. Oh, music is always first, um, even though Bob Dylan did lyrics first, but, um, yeah, the, the music is always first. And so I always kind of come up with the chords, come up with the sound, then record the lyrics and kind of piece together a demo of, of sorts and then I bring that to the band and I'm like all right here's what I here's the demo that I got um what do we want to do with it um as opposed to if you want to talk a little bit about how we've written together yeah so probably the best example for how we write is our song runaway and mm -hmm. that one happened I think I had a chord progression first and I was like I don't know what to do with this and so I kind of was like I called George down into our basement where we write everything and uh, we just sat there and played through it and kind of got the music down. But then we completely separated into two rooms. So George went into our laundry mm -hmm. room and <laughs> wrote the verses and the, like the bridge. And I stayed where we were and I wrote the chorus. And we didn't talk about what 
the song was about at all. Um, we kind of just wrote and like brainstormed through everything on a piece of paper. And then slowly we're like, all right, this line works, this one doesn't, um, and kind of built it that way and kind of yeah. cut and pasted it all together. And fortunately it worked out. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a bad like formula. But I like, think every for, time it yeah, does. Yeah, for us, it that maybe it's the brother connection thing. Yeah. Um, but it always seems where he stops is where I can pick up. Um, and so we always aim for like a Lennon McCartney situation mm -hmm. where one person maybe has the bulk of the song and then the second brother comes in with like that middle eight to do like, oh, now we're going here just yeah. for something different. Yeah, and then Kevin and Shauna, uh, you know, add the the sonic kind of fullness to it. You know, Kevin's very, I've always described him as a textural guitarist, yeah. uh, that he, he can, he has the ability to do all the, you know, fancy scales and histrionics that other guitarists do. But what I love about his sound is he's about the sound. It's really very sonic driven. Um, so that plus, you know, Shauna's, fantastic drama always kind of like create the rest of the world they make us sound better right <laughs> like we, we write a song we're like all right this is like maybe something and then they come in we're like oh this is actually something okay. and i'm sure they would say the same thing about you you guys make them sound great so it's a great thing about a band that works well together like that <laughs> um now interesting in your application when you were um you sent in the application for us to do this interview together and I'm going to just read something that you wrote at the start of the pandemic, you said, it began to feel like we were a fake band, a fake band that can really play, one fan called it. So when your options are to play are limited, it can be a challenge. So what's the story behind that statement? <laughs> yeah, fake band that we're going to play. I think, um, yeah, a friend of ours who's been listening to us for a while had meant, had said that and uh, yeah, just started to feel that way in that I was putting things out, putting songs out on social media and stuff. But when you're not playing gigs um, and in front of other humans listening to you, it can sometimes feel like, well, are we really like, how often are we actually all in the same room together? How often are we actually, you know, this collective? Um, and so it becomes, we have to be more, way more intentional with our time together and kind of our energies to make it feel like, okay, we're all on the same page. We're all uh, kind of moving this forward. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and yeah. I think it was also because the four of us all do different musical things independently. Mm -hmm. So like Sean is with Late Waves, you do your own thing, I do my own thing, Kevin yeah. does his own thing. Um, we all are like, have one part of our brain with those other bands or like with those other musical acts. So then when we come together as a band, we have to be like, oh right, so we're talking Herd of Butterfly yeah. now. Um, <laughs> At first you're like oh this is weird mm -hmm. but then as soon as we start playing like the first chord we're like oh yeah totally i understand like i i can read where everybody else is it's funny that's actually i've never thought about the name heard a butterfly in that way before but it, in in a sense i like that sense that we're all coming from other sources right and creating this herd to create pollination <laughs> right <laughs> Now, have you two been quarantined to get quarantined together have you seen your other bandmates during this time or have you not seen them at all so I live with Kevin and Shauna. Uh, we we all live it. We we call it the Herd House, actually, um, which feels like that seems like we made that up for the interview, but it's true. That's that's, that's actually <laughs> it's like. um, And then uh, David and I have played. You know, yeah. He he, li he lives across town, so. Okay. Yeah. So you've been seeing each other. You you've been able to rehearse together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, in during quarantine, we've kind of like just had to make do with like, okay, this is the song that we're gonna put out this week. 
and um you know this is the we've also split up a little bit like mm -hmm. david and i have done a few sessions where we've played a few songs together and recorded them and posted them on instagram and social media and then if david's not available obviously kevin and sean are around me so we're like okay well let's do something the three of us and um my fiance is quarantined with me so uh so and she's a musician as well so she, we've done a few things together and that kind of thing so yeah he's always flowing yeah <laughs> <laughs> trying yeah well you know, it is a challenge right now with uh, these strange times that we're in. Um, you've been doing the, four, I don't know if I should call it a project, the 43 Songs Project, yeah. can I call it that? Yeah, um, absolutely. Tell a little bit about that. What What are you, um, what's your goal with that? What are you doing during the quarantine to keep us involved with your music? Yeah, so when quarantine began and I was like, okay, well, you know, what are we gonna do? I, we, we just started kind of playing out and like really with this collective, you know, doing a few gigs here and there. So, and then that stopped. And so I was like, well, I have all these songs and I, I would love people to hear them and they're out there, but the way that the internet works and the, the, the way that our, I think our society works now is we're, we're constantly being bombarded by so much information at a time um, that if you're not putting things out consistently, um, even a large body of work kind of gets lost in, in the shuffle. And so um, it was at the beginning of quarantine that I realized like, okay, well, if I want, if I want to put these songs out there, I really just need to make a practice of it. And just every, every day, every week, put out a certain amount and, um, and in whatever form. I think before I was, I was a little more precious about how I wanted things to go out. I wanted, you know, I wanted it to be a music video or I wanted the recording to be for, you know, finished. Um, and now I'm, I'm being less precious with those things and saying, well, no, I just, I love this song. Let's just put it out however it comes out. And, um, and I think a lot of people resonate with that more, to be honest, um, cause they, they feel like they're seeing the process and, and seeing, um, a more honest version of, of some of these songs. So, um, so that's what I did. So that, yeah, kind of every week we do, I try and do at least one new song per week and then follow that up with a lyric video that has the the recording uh, of it so you can hear both versions. And then David and I recently have been doing interviews with each other. We'll do like a Zoom meeting where he and I kind of dissect the song and talk about the songwriting process and what led to it. So you kind of get three different viewpoints of the same song. Um, and then we're, and then we're just going through the 43. And, and, and obviously now we've written more, so it's more than 43 actually. <laughs> So, yeah. I like the behind the uh, lyrics videos too. Yeah, give a little bit of background um, and, and meaning to it. So what's funny about, yeah, what's funny about that is so often I think David and I particularly function subconsciously with lyrics that you know we're we're, we're writing based on how the words sound. And so it's not until we actually sit down and talk about what they're about that we even realize <laughs> what the song is about, which is, has been a fun thing to realize. So, um, you know, as far as the, um, I saw an, it on Instagram once, one of your posts that said uh, you were talking about a band ritual, like mm -hmm. during rehearsal, during band practice. Do you remember making that post? It wasn't too long ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So tell yeah. me about that. What is this band ritual that you usually have during rehearsal? <laughs> so that probably came from dad, I would imagine, the hospitality. Probably, yes. Yeah. That, uh, you want to go? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It, was, it was just whenever you have people over the house, you offer what you have so mm -hmm. like and most of the time for us it's tea so george is like oh i'm making a pot of tea does anybody want some 
and eventually just got to everybody was always like, yeah, sure, why not? Mm -hmm. So it's now just become a thing where probably at the beginning, yeah. sometimes it's in the middle, but we'll yeah. always have a pot of tea just sitting on the floor, like not even on a table or anything. It's just on the floor with <laughs> an arrangement of sugars and cookies and whatever else we have. And because we're all snackers, mm -hmm. it really ends up being half of the band's practice is snacking and drinking tea and talking about other things. And then we're like, oh, we should probably, probably play music now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like that ritual. <laughs> when varieties of the spice of life sets, you know, like we have right. as, as many things as we can find, just throw it on a, a big cutting board and you're yeah, like, all right, huge, well, like charcuterie, but yeah. like not just meats and cheeses, yeah. like much as yeah, you can just find. whatever's in the kitchen. Yeah. It's my kind of band practice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one other thing that you wrote to me was you said that we believe that good art encourages life both literally and spiritually. So here you go. Here's my big bang question right here. So can you talk about your fundamental philosophy, like your foundational beliefs that kind of drive what you do every day with your music? Yeah, I think that's actually what set the herd of butterfly apart the most for me in starting this particular collective that previous to this, all my musical projects had been purely about expression, which is fine. Uh, I think a, a lot of great art is that uh, in and of itself. But um, this was the first one where I was trying to think of like, oh, what do we sound like? What are we about? And so I actually wrote a whole manifesto and you can find that actually on our Instagram. We have like a, a, a tra we call it a trailer. It's on our highlight reel. And uh, it's this whole manifesto about like, what is the herd of butterfly? And um, so pollination, David mentioned pollination at one point, and that was a big part of it was that pollinate that actually, I, it'd probably be better if I read it. I have it, I have it here, but then oh. I said, George Robson and the Herd of Butterfly is a collection of individuals who have experienced moments of pollination and seek to provide a soundtrack to facilitate pollination. So pollination for me is being filled with a sense that you're loved no matter what you do, good or bad, that if you do good or you do bad, there's an overwhelming love from the source of the universe. And um, I think when music is at its best and art is at its best, I think it connects us with that sense. Um, and I've had that experience. I think, I don't know if yeah. you've had that, but um, yeah, I think that's always been the goal is to create art that connects you to that kind of channel of like, oh, like it's okay. Things are okay. Like even when the world's like, you know, really messed up as it is, um, that we're loved and that's, it's okay. And do you feel that same way, David? Yeah, I think kind of going off of that, um, it's a big thing, at least for me, I think George is also here mm -hmm. too, to whenever a moment in life is really, really good, I say out loud, life does not suck right now. <laughs> um, and those moments where it does, because it eventually will, you remember all of those times out loud, you actually verbally said that. And so I think in the middle of all of these songs, even though they're not about that, um, is kind of trying to capture that sense of like, yes, the world might suck right now, but it will get better because we're here. Yeah, um, and, par and part of it too is, it doesn't mean that songs have to be happy either. Right. Like, Cause a lot of, I think very few of our songs are really happy that I, but I think a lot of times it's just about solidarity. Yeah. It's, a, it's about having that feeling of like, especially a song that is about, you know, the world sucking. Um, sometimes that's enough to connect you with, with, with yeah. that feeling like, Oh, Oh, somebody else feels that way. We're, we're, you're not alone. Exactly. Like in, in all yeah. of our songs, it's, 
Yeah, we feel that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, it's not it's not like happy go lucky optimism all the time. Yeah, but it's just something to connect you to everything else. Again, part of the manifesto mm -hmm. is uh, to stand with those who have dropped their ice cream cones. Yeah, growing up like that Not for that. me. That's, yeah, that's the image in my head of like everything that's wrong in the, with the world <laughs> comes down to that feeling of like when you were a kid and you dropped your ice cream cone and it was the most devastating thing because it was it wasn't just a terrible like thing that happened to you, but it was this good thing that you thought you had and then it was taken away. And uh, so that feeling of like solidarity with everyone that yeah. feels that sense of like ah oh, like. I thought life was gonna be so good and it's terrible and it, like it sucks. And so, yeah, standing with those yeah. people that feel that way. And if one person who's dropped their ice cream cone listens to our songs and is like, oh, I'm, I feel a little bit better now. Mm -hmm. That's that's the goal. Totally. So like we, we've accomplished something there. Yeah. So that's driving you as well, not just the, the actual physical part of making the music, but also having an effect on other people. That's part of your goal. Yeah, I think in some ways it's, it's maybe the primary goal like yeah. I, I think because we've done music so much uh, in in like you know, like we said we're all parts of different bands and we, we do music um in so many different forms that for this project it almost feels like the primary thing you know at times awesome so now in all of this time that you've been creating music what has been the biggest surprise so far as a musician something about you know, that, that surprised you on your, during your journey of making music? For me, I think it's the amount of support that we've gotten from mm -hmm. doing what feels like to us sometimes so little. Like, yes, we mm -hmm. do have these 43 songs or, and counting that we're like ready to show. But like George has said, we really haven't done that many gigs yet. Mm -hmm. um, we're like, we're really just getting our feet like on the ground yeah. as far as being an actual band out in like the live world. Mm -hmm. um, but those few gigs that we've had, we found all these people coming out of the woodworks, like being like, yeah. oh, I love your stuff. Like I've been watching on Instagram. Yeah. Like, I love you guys so much. And we're like, oh, but like, I didn't know you even knew we existed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's like been a shocking thing. Like, I, I think we played one gig in Bond Street basement. Mm -hmm. um, and like the place like filled up pretty yeah. well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be like to 10 of our friends right. and family and just being like, lame like rocking out and just be like all right cool yeah. thanks but like we had a, people i didn't even know yeah like showed up and we're like oh i heard you guys on instagram i really like you guys yeah. like, oh sweet yeah no that was it that was a nice surprise yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a tough question that what's the and was it the biggest surprise or yeah. Yeah, biggest something yeah. that surprised you during your journey as a musician um or the best part what's been the best part well, i i think yeah maybe the reason that heard a butterfly formed um, and kind of like what we were talking about, about, you know, art being something that uh, alleviates suffering and is meaningful. I think growing up, I took it for granted. Um, and I thought, you know, well, music is just, it's entertainment. And so it, it's, it's nice that we're doing this, but like, it's not, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a teacher. And, and I, I maintain that, <laughs> that, uh, that doctors and teachers are doing, you know, uh, really meaningful work. But that I think as I get older and look around, I realize, oh, the people that are really flourishing and doing well in life, a lot of their support and their inspiration is coming from works of art. And so I think that surprised me that this thing that I felt was indulgent and that I felt was not that important, it was just kind of a corollary part of our lives. Um, I'm starting to feel like 
is really as important as people have told us it is <laughs> growing up. They, yeah, it's, it's actually something that is uh, is creating support and is you know doing some good. And have there been works of art or music that have provided you that comfort as you've grown up, either of you? The West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it's, I can't, yeah, we're, David and I are both obsessive West Wing fans. We actually went to LA last, or no, in January. January. Yeah, it, was, it, was, feels it, like it feels like last year. <laughs> yeah, this year, just to go to a podcast, it was a live show where they did a podcast where they talked about the show. But um, but yeah, the West Wing. Like has, lame for everybody else, but really cool for us. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that, has, that has been that for me, I think. Um, yeah, I feel like because you brought that up, I think of Scrubs. Mm, um, mm -hmm. So another TV show, but yeah. that one has really like helped me through yeah. like darker times, I guess. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I think, see, I was listening to an interview with Sia uh, yeah, two days ago, I think, and she said she doesn't listen to music. She, but she's obsessive with TV and film, mm -hmm. and that makes sense. Like I feel like in our experience, yeah. th that we take a lot of inspiration from the other mediums, mm -hmm. and, take, and and I think when we've written, because we've done screenwriting too, we've written a few things like that. That I think a lot of times you take our, the musical stuff right. and lift it and, and place it there. So yeah. Yeah. So taking from other sources and then fueling it into our music, <laughs> right? And then taking our music and fueling it into those other sources. Yeah. That's what, one of my questions is because I was looking through um, all of your work on YouTube and I did notice that some of the songs that you had were almost more film-like, like, like yeah. your story to it, you know, visually. And um, it does seem like you're inspired by a lot of different types of art. Yeah, and a lot of the songs on, especially the songs that we play live, tend to be from uh, soundtracks that I've done for people. That I, I have a good friend, Brittany Wilden, um, who... Uh, in college, we, we both lived in New York at the same time, and she was in film school, and I was uh, in acting school. And she would do these films, and she'd be like, "George, can I get like two or three songs for this movie that I'm doing? It's six minutes long, or you know, ten minutes long. Can you throw me a few songs?" And so I would, and then eventually those songs would accumulate, and I'd be like, "Oh well, now I have you know seven, ten, twelve songs from this movie, um, and it would turn into an album." So yeah, so that that definitely happens, and you've done that with your own stuff. Yeah, I went to school for TV production and like yeah. film production, so that's always kind of where my mind's at first. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when I am writing, it is kind of writing with a film background, and it's like, oh, this would be really good for like that climactic scene right. or whatever it is. Um, so I think that's just subconsciously that's always in my mind. Yeah. Um, and also a lot of the music I listen to are in TV shows or movies yeah. that I've watched. Um, I'm like, oh, I really like like that song. I'm adding that to the playlist. So I think, you know, you you listen to music and it inspires you to write more stuff like it yeah. a lot of times. So that's just what I'm taking in. So that's what I put out as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you both kind of indicated that you were, you know, you had that concert at Bond. You said Bond Street Bar, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And you had a lot of really great feedback. So you felt like you were just kind of getting off the ground at that point, and then everything just stops, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, what do you think, you know, what is your goal Like once those restrictions are lifted? Are you going to, where were you at right when everything stopped and what are you, where are you gonna pick up? Yeah, we were kind of in a holding pattern when we like, when quarantine really hit. Um, now, 
I think through quarantine, there's been, I think, more attention actually on us through, I've been kind of more active on social media and putting our things out there. And so I've gotten more people asking like, oh, are you going to play? Are you going to play here? Are you going to play here? Are you going to play here? Uh, we actually did just have a friend of ours um, in the band Flourish uh, that asked us to like play with them. We, we weren't able to make that gig, but they, they asked if we wanted to open, open with them. Um, so we're getting more requests in that way. So hopefully as things open up, we'll, we'll be able to, you know, uh, you know, grab those opportunities um, and, and figure it out from there. And I think for both of us, we really enjoyed the recording process as yeah. well. And so with this four piece, have we recorded really anything no, together? That, that's really the main uh, thing that I want to do yeah. next is that even though I would love to play live, live, like you said, has always kind of been a way for people to hear the songs that we record. And so, yeah, I think that's that's my primary goal is in the next six months or so. I'd really like to get into the studio with all four of us and, and you know, get, you know, five or six tunes down. Try to capture what we play live. Because yeah. like you said, we have different variations. So we mm -hmm. have like the acoustic set and then yeah. we have like, this is your demo that you yeah. did by yourself, but it's not the same feeling. So to be able to capture our feeling as a four piece band on a recording would be great. Yeah. It almost sounds like you have so much going on musically between the four of you and so many ideas that it might be part of a challenge, might be somewhat of a challenge to figure out what it is you want to put on that one album, right? You're, you're pulling from a lot of different, a lot of different material. Sounds like yeah. 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 I think I've always figured we would probably do some kind of version of what we do live. Right. You know, you know, and, and really do a live set. That's okay. This is what we're, we're doing. Yeah. Because yeah, I think like you said, if we open the door up to all of the things that we've, written and produced then yeah we might never make a decision right uh, but yeah <laughs> but but i think that's also the beauty of the four of us working together is i've never really felt like at odds or anything like oh what do we have to do next we're all kind of on the same page it's yeah. just like oh let's just play this one this one's fun yeah it's like oh this one's my favorite okay cool we'll play that yeah like none of us are like grappling for attention or like trying to take the lead or anything yeah uh, you yeah, just i, I yeah. think we just have it's fun to play together Right. Um, yeah, we just like playing together. Yeah. So everything else doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what we're playing. Right. We just want to play together. Yeah. And when you do play live, has have any of you uh, ever experienced any kind of stage fright? Is that ever an issue or no? <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been so. I, yeah, I've been. I mean, I've been playing. I think we both been performing. Since like age, I mean, I, I was I was on yeah. stage at one, I, and yeah. I, I think I did my first play at seven. Yeah, about the same for me. And then we've been playing in bands with our dad, you know, in different forms since like thirteen, fourteen. So, yeah, I think there's always a resistance to going on stage. I think there's always like a, the nerves that I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know if I, you know, feel up to it today. But it's never like a fright, like, oh, I can't, there's no way that I can do this. It's just a resistance. It's just a little like, you know, like, ah, I don't know, maybe not today. And then uh, once, once you're on stage, what, is the, what does that feel like? Like, how could you describe it to someone who hasn't been on stage and performed? What are, what are you getting out of it? I mean, in my mind, it's, it's a lot, it's like sunlight going through a prism and then all the lights explode into the room. That's kind of what it's like. I feel like because when you're getting ready, you start to get tired and um, this is going to be TMI, but sometimes you feel like you have to use the bathroom a lot. That happens like when your, your body gets nerves and adrenaline. Uh, but then once you get on stage, it's like all the 
everything that you thought was around you is kind of refracted into the rainbow and like you're like oh this is what this is why we're doing this this is why we're doing this and it, it's all just kind of like one big explosion at the moment i think for me it feels like i'm finally home like for mm. for living everyday life i'm like nervous just to like talk to people on the phone like for me to send a text message that's nerve-wracking but okay. as soon as i'm in front of people it's like i'm not myself anymore so i can like shed off all of that those problems and I'm just like, oh, this is just, I have to perform now. And it's similar to like in baseball, you'll hear like when uh, a really good baseball player is up to bat, the ball goes in like slow motion and they just like yeah. sense that it's about to happen and they can see everything slowly. That's kind of what it is for me when I get up there, it's like everything becomes a little bit clearer. Yeah. Um, and I don't really have to like think that much. I can just act however I am. D Dylan talks about that again. Bob Dylan's coming up a lot, but he, he talks about that yeah. uh, where like he didn't feel at home. He didn't feel like himself on stage, but he didn't feel at home off stage. Right. And that's kind of what you're describing. Yeah. 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 Has he yeah. played a, a large role in influencing any of your music, whether it be the writing of it or your just your outlook? I think just by necessity of being Bob Dylan, I, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, I think the Beatles are probably the the more direct influence in, in general. But again, they're they're kind of ubiquitous too. Um, so it's kind of like th those yeah. are, those are sources that feel like although they're so important to us, they also belong to everyone in a way. The the one the one that we've been listening to a lot recently, we we made a joke before this interview started, was that yes, you should listen to our band. We really enjoy what we do, but. If you really want to enjoy yourself, you should listen to Andy Moore's new album. It's great because that's that's what we that's what we've been listening to, and I think that may be influencing the future of our music. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how about you, David? Yeah, I was just gonna say I think another beautiful part about the four of us is that we all have completely different yes. influences. Yeah. So like George is definitely like the Bob Dylan uh, Beatles folkier folkier yeah. person. Uh, Shauna is like a punk drummer. Mm -hmm. um, so like she'll add that element to it. Uh, Kevin being the textural person, it has like a Mark Knopfler, Mark Rebo yeah. element to him. And Big then, Phoebe Bridges fan. Yeah. And then <laughs> I have, I guess like a pop punk slash mm -hmm. like late nineties, early thousands uh, sentiment to it. But yeah. we all have listened to all of this music together as well. Um, so we all know each other's influences, but at the same time, we're kind of just like throwing all these random yeah, things we all, together. Yeah, we all overlap in different ways. Like you and I have certain things that we really connect on, mm -hmm. Beatles, Mandy Moore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shauna and I are, you know, Foo Fighters actually is a mm -hmm. big one for all of us, uh, but Shauna and I really connect with Foo Fighters. Kevin and I have listened to Tom Waits together for many years. And so, yeah, so there's all like weird inflection points that we can connect on. Now going back to the film, uh, you know, how we were talking about kind of having the film background also and, and, and making that part of your videos. What if uh, you were gonna have a world-class video created by a famous director of any one of your songs? What song would you choose and who would you want to direct it? <laughs> wow, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with the film background, I thought you guys would come up with some good ones for this one. <laughs> well. <laughs> I dump you. <laughs> I feel like we should answer for each other. Like, because oh, in my mind, like Bill Lawrence is the one that comes to mind for I mean, you. Just you to work with, like, yeah. In general, yeah. Um. So yeah, Bill Lawrence is the uh, creator of Scrubs. So yeah. as I said, that's already a huge influence. So that would make sense probably for me. Yeah. I would say for you, 
the gut instinct is Wes Anderson. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's also like for you, that's a little too overdone. On the nose. Yeah, Yeah, it's a little too on the nose. So because of that, I would say like Taika Waititi or like even like Jon Favreau. uh, We've been watching The Mandalorian a lot. (laughs) Or the big one would be Joss Whedon. Yeah, I think for George to work with someone like that, where the music video would end up being bigger than the song. Yeah, like like it's a full myth, like hero of a thousand faces type story, and then our song just happens to be in it. Yeah. Um, and for what song it would be? That's an that's another interesting question. I think you've pegged you pegged exactly what I would want though. Uh, As far as the the concept. already (laughs) yeah Yeah. as the song i mean right now we still haven't done a music video for mama and so so mama feels mama was the song that i had previously recorded for an ep um on my own and then i brought to the band and we completely changed yeah and when (laughs) when we when we played it together it was really kevin had this guitar solo that when when he started the guitar solo we all kind of looked at each other and it was like that was the moment we were like oh this is we're a band like this is, this is this is something new that we've created so that's probably the one that i would feel it, that would make sense yeah. and also lyrically it's just vague enough to be anything like the director <laughs> could have such fun with it yeah uh, so yeah so probably that yeah i would agree yeah so mama by joss whedon and, <laughs> and produced by bill Lawrence. yes perfect <laughs> and then if you can't get him to do it yeah. That's something that you will, is making a video, um, like an actual, um, I guess, um, I don't want to say professional because yours look very, very good, but, you know, just more of a, an authentic type of, okay, this is our official music video. Are you going to do more of that as time goes yeah. on? You know, so I'm actually talking with our, our friend Chris, who's done a bunch of music videos for uh, for several bands in the area. Um, I'm actually in, uh, I don't think Late Waves has come out with their music video yet, but I'll, I'll, I was involved in that uh, music video with their, and, and he filmed that for them. He did a piece for America Part Two, I believe. Um, so, yeah, so I've been in talks with him, so I think we're going to do something in the next few months, which I'm really excited about because he does amazing work. And... Um, yeah, I mean, we're always looking to do music videos. I feel like that's... Yeah. And I think, like, for me, growing up, when I, the reason I started playing music more was, one, to talk about the feelings that I couldn't express when I was 13, like I didn't know how else to explain it, but was also to make music videos. Yeah. Um, like, I liked the idea of making music videos so much, I needed songs for it. So then I started writing for that. But we've done it enough now ourselves that I think we like working with other people mm-hmm. more now. Um, just to get other people's takes or just it's more fun in a group um so i think we're now looking more to like oh you direct stuff like come direct with us or like oh you write stuff let's come work together kind of the herd mentality just always including people in the bigger picture because it's more fun that way yeah we have this tune um shoe money tonight that (laughs) is like one of the most recent things that i've recorded and that's one that I'd really like to get a music video down. So if anyone, if anyone's listening and they, <laughs> they want, they listen to that song and they're like, I know exactly what this thing mm-hmm. should be. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I wouldn't mind. The other thing that I love, I wouldn't mind doing like multiple uh, music videos for the same song, like have, have like three different directors do their own vision for the same tune. I think that would be cool. That would actually be a, a cool podcast. Maybe we could do that one day, uh, have an in-person podcast. You could bring some lyrics and we could have a couple of video video guys. In addition to David, 
and they could all give their take on it. That would be a cool pos podcast. So, you know, um, everyone is making a lot of music because we've all been stuck at home. Um, you know, what can everyone expect from from Herd of Butterfly, um, you know, what, what is going to be put out soon? What do you have in the hopper? Yeah, so we have, what, I guess f at least five new tunes that we haven't, we've... Like, we don't even have demos for yet, yeah, really. Yeah, so we, we have a, really a whole EP that uh, is ready to be recorded and, and come out with. Uh, some of it about, yeah, I think we have two of them that are on Bandcamp that are kind of like demos uh, that are pandemic <laughs> related as a result of, you know, being in it. Um, but then we have, you know, a couple other ones that are, you know, just other observations. That, you know, and I think like yeah. we've been writing separately, separately, yeah, yeah. but for Heard mm -hmm. for like the first time ever. Like yeah. a lot of times, like George said, we would use his older songs mm -hmm. or like my older songs. Mm -hmm. And we'd be like, oh, this works here. Let's mm -hmm. just do it. But this time, like I would write a song and be like, George, this is a Heard song. This is not yeah. a me song. <laughs> or And like you'd be like, I think this one would also work. Yeah. So we're kind of more herd centric totally yeah. yeah i like that herd centric <laughs> <laughs> so i i love to wrap up with a few like offbeat questions just to get our followers to get to know you a little bit better so they're like one word one sentence ones um yeah. it would actually be fun to hear you answer them about each other <laughs> yeah. on a scale of one to ten how weird are you <laughs> 13 for yourself or for me well, <laughs> yeah no i think I, I think that's accurate yeah no the more time you spend with us, the the more we'll open up, mm -hmm. and you'll find out how we react. Yeah. <laughs> the, more, the more weird the things get. <laughs> First meeting, six. Yeah. Like third meeting, thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's another one. Best band name you've ever heard, besides heard of Butterfly, by the way. <laughs> Best band name I've ever heard. There's so many. Vast deference. <laughs> is, is, is the first one that comes to mind, which I think was our, our dad's. Yeah. Uh, he had one that always was like, oh, that, yeah, that has difference. I, I think for me, one of my friends, uh, Russ Sermonaro, is in a band Shark Club. And that one always just piques my interest a little bit more because I'm just like, what the heck is Shark Club? <laughs> like every time, like when you actually think about it, you're like, yeah. you hunt sharks? Is that yeah. what you do? Um, so that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I probably shouldn't share mine, but I have to share mine anyway. It just came to mind as you were, as you were telling it. And there's so many that I like, but uh, Carnival Red, um, a, a band that I knew when I was in high school, uh, you know, a bunch of guys had this great band and they got the name off of a paint can. And I just like <laughs> Carnival Red. I love it. That actually brings up in high school, there was one band that I performed with. I think I just like guested on a, one of their um, songs one time. It, they were called, I think it was 90% cotton or mm. something like that, or 90% polyester. It was something like that, where it was on one of the tags of their t-shirts. And they were just like, that's, that's the band name. Yeah. And I was like, great. <laughs> one band name that David and I tried to use at one point, and we didn't, and it didn't end up coming into anything. But Abigail Adams was a name that I, I love the idea of it, not being an individual, but being the name for the band. Because I'm a big fan of Abigail Adams. And uh, yeah. So if you, if you want to use it. By all means, yeah, I, th I, th I think someone needs <laughs> some some band needs to exist with that name. Absolutely. Um, okay, here's another one. What are you not very good at? Hmm. For each other or? Well, George is really bad at saying no. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. really. Each other. Yeah. yeah, each other. That's what am I bad at? 
what are you bad at? None. I think maybe saying no too, even though like you're, it's in a different way though. Like that I feel like I I express the fact that I regretted saying yes. Sometimes I feel like you like will get through the week and be exhausted and like look around and sometimes not know why. And it's because you said yes to things. I guess. But yeah. yeah but it means I'm more helpful than yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, it, that's a really hard one actually. What are you bad at? um eating berries he's never had a berry that's true just for no reason um yeah and I'm gonna, what, I'm gonna go with eating berries <laughs> what is one of your non-musical goals hmm, hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, well no i mean the film the film thing yeah. It has been a big part of our lives. So we did, uh, was that two years ago, Fine China? Yeah. Yeah, two years ago, we filmed uh, a short film called Fine China about uh, the restaurant industry and uh, kind of being part of that. And it was kind of a West Wing meets waiting concept. Um, and so, yes, and then we're, we're writing a play right now, actually. Yeah. Um, it's called what, Salt, I guess is Salt the name. Of the Earth. Salt of the Earth. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're, we're probably screenwriting and like film work was probably the other primary yeah. goal artistically. I think my goal, like my career goal is to run my own like children's TV show. So mm -hmm. like Boy Meets World type mm -hmm. situation for like the 10 to 15 year old. Mm -hmm. um, I think music is just like, I also love doing it and it's easier to do like with the people who are around mm -hmm. me. So it's kind of just, I keep creating things. I can't stop yeah. creating things. So that's one goal that I have in life. But if music is what happens, then music is what happens. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm okay with that too. Yeah. And um, this is just a follow-up question to um, Salt of the Earth. Is that something that you could talk about or is that under wraps right now and you want to talk about that another time? That sounds very interesting. Yeah, I mean, the concept is basically a reimagining of how the sea was salt, the, the old fairy tale. Uh, is, that, is that Hans Christian Andersen? No, no, maybe. Yeah. Yes, um, I think. Um, it, it was a story we grew up with, um, and we started it because a bunch because of the pandemic, a bunch of things were shutting down, and I'd worked with a children's theater every summer, and so that was closing, and so we were like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we wrote something that we could get some of those people involved in um, virtually, like maybe yeah. it was like just a script reading or something, so we kind of just started writing it, and it ended up not being used this summer, mm -hmm. but still like on the shelf, we have one or two drafts yeah. done yeah. so like it's it's getting there so we we're like oh we should actually continue doing this yeah the, um, the goal was to be you know in an era where we weren't sure when we were going to be able to you know be in physical proximity to one another that if we could write a play that could be zoomed you know that like mm -hmm. on, on uh, everybody's on a zoom call and that's how you film it and then everybody watches it on zoom that was kind of what we were thinking is using using the medium that way so we still might film it that way yeah but actually. now that things but, are opening up we're like oh we can kind of rewrite this as a real play yeah <laughs> and that's the two of you that are doing that together yeah yeah okay. all right very good well obviously there is an awful lot to follow with the herd of butterfly and between the two of you as well just um from film to music, where can everyone follow? What's the best uh, place that everyone could follow you online? So yeah, so Instagram is probably yeah. the best way. Uh, so at Heart of Butterfly on, on Instagram. 
and um, there's a link to our Bandcamp there. And uh, yeah, that's that's probably the best way to follow. Yeah, because even when we do independent stuff, a lot of times it will it filter all filters it there through there. Yeah. Um. So that'll you'll get a good yeah. summary of us. <laughs> Well, this has been an absolute absolute pleasure. I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk with me and uh, and tell us all about these projects. I'm looking forward to seeing everything that's going to come out over the next month and year. Uh, it sounds like you have enough to fill the next five years of uh, <laughs> film and music. So I'm looking forward to uh, following you. And thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Diane. So this, this is really fantastic. I appreciate it. Now